that's how you end up with uh, Captain America right there. <laughs> <laughs> <Der -er. laughs> Captain America derp. That, that is funny. That means you both have like a split kind of screen avatar. <laughs> but at least your your the composition of yours is a bit better than mine. Oh yeah. <laughs> I don't know what possessed George Perez to compose the image like that, but <laughs> we want you to look worried, but also like you might have got hit by a brick. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, good. Oh, he drew a lot of motherfuckers. <laughs> he did. He drew all the motherfuckers. All. He did. <laughs> I, I was I was legit wondering if like he left anybody out of the Marvel universe. And DC Universe. Well, ma imagine if he had to draw this today. Like, oh, I mean, God. this was 2003, 2004. Like, this is pre, like, New Avengers. So, like, you know, when they open the floodgates and... Basically everyone in the Avenger at one point. Right. He would have had, had to have drawn Wolverine in this crossover. And, well, hell, a bunch of fucking X-Men because they made, like, the fucking X-Avengers or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Yeah. Everyone's been an Avenger now. I mean, back back in 2003, it was only restricted to A-list guys like Triathlon and Jack of Hearts. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh... uh... they'll let anyone in. Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. Shut <laughs> up. Like I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing like Creedence Clearwater Revival songs that. Australian bars. Titty discs in it. That's what to be known as from now on. Like, I'm gonna go into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. Doesn't get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another Watchtower horrific Hydro Base Tastic episode of Fan Holes Comics, motherfucker. Do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, but I am not alone. I am here with count them three, count them three of my fellow superheroic fan holes. Why don't you guys all give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? 
Hey, it's Mike, and there's a museum devoted to a speedster? Hey, this is Justin. Hey, guys, this is Tony. Oh, oh, wait, Red Tornado looked good in multiple scenes? Gee, how fucking hard was that? Yeah, so hey, what's up, guys? So so tonight is going to be a pretty special episode for multiple reasons. This is officially the 100th episode of Comics Motherfucker. Do you read them? So we're celebrating, and we're celebrating the 100th episode by doing an anniversary show for JLA Avengers, or Avengers JLA, depending on what issues you're reading, and this came out back in 2003, so by the time you're listening to this, this crossover will be 20 years old, so it is the 20th anniversary of JLA Avengers, and this was something that Mike really wanted to cover way, way back, and I thought it'd be fun to do it as the 100th episode, so we all kind of got together. I know Mike's prepared a you know, a synopsis of what occurs during this crossover. But, you know, I, I, I think it's a safe bet that we all have parts that we enjoy in this series and, and that it's, you know, it's it's made for fans of the medium and, and just has a lot of Easter eggs and, and fun stuff. So I figure I'll turn it over to Mike and then I guess all of us are kind of going to discuss, like, you know, how we came upon it and what we think of it and, you know, the usual. So... Go ahead, Mike. Why don't you give us the the synopsis for JLA Avengers? When you say that I prepared it, I mean, I'm just pulling up the TV tropes page for for it. And I'm just going to read the first few paragraphs of their entry of it. So, yeah. But if you want to think of me in a positive light, you can say that I wrote this. So, yeah. JLA Avengers, or Avengers JLA, both titles were used, as Derek said, is a four-part comic miniseries co-produced by DC and Marvel Comics, each published two issues in 2003 to 2004. It features a crisis crossover between the company's top superhero teams, the Avengers and the Justice League of America. The crossover has an interesting story both within the comics and without. Originally, the crossover, which would have pitted the teams against their respective enemies Kang the Conqueror and the Lord of Time, was meant to come out in the early 1980s. Noted artist George Perez, who had worked on both teams' titles, was set to draw it. But some of the behind-the-scenes conflict, allegedly Marvel's then-editor-in-chief Jim Shooter, pointed out some story errors, such as Quicksilver being as fast as The Flash, and asked for a rewrite which was not well received by DC, led to the project's cancellation, despite Perez already having drawn several pages. This caused resentments that prevented the companies from doing crossovers again for several years and left many fans disappointed. By the early 2000s, however, relationships between the companies, both under new administrations, were cordial again, and the project was revived with Perez once again set to draw it, and a new story done by writer Kurt Busiek both of which who were in charge of the Avengers comics at the time. The series was a financial and critical success, and is even apparently considered canonical by both companies. The Krona Egg artifact has appeared in some issues of DC's Justice League and Trinity series, while the events of the crossover are mentioned in the official handbook of the Marvel Universe. The story involves Krona, a DC villain turned cosmic, obsessed with discovering how universes are born, and tearing several of them apart in the process. 
To Sega's universe, the Grandmaster, a cosmic being from the Marvel universe, offers to give Krona the knowledge he wants if he beats Grandmaster in a game. Krona accepts. The game was to force two superhero teams to compete against each other without telling them the real reason over several artifacts scattered over their worlds. Notably, each being back the team of the opposing universe. This turned out to be a plan of the Grandmasters to imprison Krona. It also resulted in a change of reality, creating a world where both teams had always coexisted. However, they discover the truth, and finding out that Krona is about to free himself, decide to join forces to beat him once and for all. Alterations in time result in virtually every hero who has ever been an Avenger or a Justice Leaguer showing up to help, and so do their enemies under Krona's control. In the end, Krona is defeated, and reality is restored to normal on both worlds. So yeah, that's a really general synopsis of what happens in these four issues. And, you know, some of the background to it, like, it, this this was, you know, in the works, like, in the 80s, but, like, you know, the dreaded, the technical term is creative differences arose, and it was, like, kiboshed until, you know, 2003 or so. As far as my own background with it, actually, like, I, in 2003 and 2004, I was kind of just getting back into comics, and this kind of, like, passed me by. Like, I don't think I was even paying attention to like Avengers books at the time. I, I remember reading like stuff in Wizard magazine about, you know, the original plans for, you know, JLA Avengers back in the 80s. And then of course I had read like Marvel versus DC by that point. But like, I, I didn't really pay attention to Avengers again until like, you know, funnily enough, until like, you know, Bendis like started mucking with them. And then I kind of went back and I was like, oh, I never really did finish like Busick's run. And then like I was like, oh, they finally did make JLA Avengers. And I, I, I think I I probably didn't end up reading it until like, you know, late 2000s. Like I, I finally like tracked it down probably like in 2007 or 2008 or whatever and finally read it. And I was like, oh, man, this was really good. Like, why did I, uh, you know, avoid it for so long? But. But yeah, so I mean, and, you know, every year since then, it's been almost like a tradition for me to reread it like almost yearly. So like, I'm, like I like I really like it. And uh, I don't know, like I, I assume your guys's history with it is a little different. So like someone else take the ball. So I I mean, I, I read this when it was coming out. I, I bought it. This this was in the era of me living in L.A. I had just started my cookie casino job so we were we were still wednesday warriors like like i i remember i would often go on wednesdays to the comic shop with my pals or by myself or whatever right and get my stack of comics or whatever and like I, you know, I don't know if I've ever talked about this before, but I, I was never a guy to have a pull list. Like, I would just go to the store and, like, see what was there and then, you know, grab stuff and everything. And it was the same with this. You know, it was like one of those books that you, you know, it, you know, it was a more expensive book because it was kind of a prestige format. And, you know, I, I always remember I would put, you know, the books in order of price and usually the thing that was most expensive was on the bottom. That's why, like, some, some of those or Fist of the North Star mangas that were too expensive one week got like chucked out of the pile or whatever. And that's, that's how I would do things. But, but, you know, obviously JLA Avengers was like a big, big thing and coming into 
I don't know, this era of my comic collecting, like 1999 and 2000 was when I was really, you know, I, I had my own apartment. I, I was connecting to the internet on a regular basis. That's when bot talk for me started really. Do you know what I mean? Like that, that, you know, I, I was going on message boards, I was checking out other things. And I've always told the story about the superhero showdown forums on wizard and me and a lot of my cohorts that would go to the comic shop that were the Wednesday warriors. Like we would always follow stupid threads and, you know, Tim Drake has super speed because he could dodge bullets if Wolverine has super speed and all these dumb arguments that people would get into fights over. And it was almost like this was like the literal manifestation of like something brought forth into reality, you know, willed into being, you know, it's like all these things that people sort of, I don't know, dreamed about or argued about or you know, there were dissertations and pages of comic book evidence where people would scan pages and go, see, here's the proof that, that Wolverine has super strength because he breaks these manacles. And people are like, fuck that. Wolverine doesn't have super strength. You know, and, and, and all this dumb stuff where people were fighting and, and arguing and all this stuff. And it's funny because I have a very Watchmen outlook on it now. Like, I fucking hated it at the time. And I would, like, get on the board and be like, no, you're wrong. And this is why you're wrong. And you post all these other screenshots and do all this other stuff. But, like, now I'm, like, you know, fucking, you know, Silk Spectre or some shit. Like, those were the times. Like, those were the greatest or whatever. And I do have fond memories of going to the comic shop, Comic Sync on Overland back in the day. I, I think it's called something totally different now. But I think the shop is still in business. And and so I would go, I'd get all my comics, and it included JLA Avengers. And I, I think, too, it was it was one of those things where it was funny for us to see something like that just actually come to life. You know, like, you know, I for me, I, I knew the, the, the apocryphal stories about JLA Avengers. I think at one point, Rob Liefeld owned some of the pages of the original art. And then I think later in some of these hardcovers, they, they thank the people that, you know, gave them most of the scans to complete the, you know, the, the supplemental material that had that original crossover and everything. And there's like this great nod to it, like in, in one of the issues where they kind of go through the, the combined history of the, the JLA and the Avengers. And they go, remember that time when it was, you know, Kang and the Lord of Time and we fought and all this other stuff and so it's like sort of you know giving a nod to that previous you know never to be crossover and everything but I mean I I like this story I mean I much prefer this I I, I feel weird like I mean I guess you can overanalyze it or you can be overwhelmed by everything that's going on in it but I guess it's good for me i mean i'm a fan of both marvel and dc like i enjoy the crossover i, I will say that there's probably some aspect of of schadenfreude to certain aspects of this you know like where you know people knew me even back then they knew i was a superman guy they knew you know what i liked and what i didn't like and why i didn't like watching certain people get pwned or whatever you know i i was the guy who spent hours complaining about bruce tim's justice league every time superman went you know so it's like that's that's one of those things where I think in the context of this crossover, you probably have a lot of butthurt people over, you know, 
I, I don't know. I guess if you're going to use like, you know, we, we always used to use wrestling terminology on those superhero showdown boards. But, you know, I'm sure there's the people that would argue that Superman was put over. Right. But for me, I'm a Superman fanboy. So for me, I was like either thrilled with it or like, you know, my, my avatar is like, you know, to me, it's like my favorite because like there's everybody gets in some good put downs, whether they're on the Marvel side or the DC side. But I, I just thought it was funny because there's that one thing where, you know, Superman basically is just saying, well, their Earth is smaller than ours. They don't have as many cities as ours. Their heroes aren't as powerful as ours. He's like, maybe they're just backward. You know, and it was like, I remember reading that. And even even my buddy, who was like a Marvel mark, you know, like we were sitting there like reading that going, oh, you know, like like it's like it's like I don't know if you can imagine, but like it was like we were the Saved by the Bell audience and we were going, ooh, like moated or whatever. And you just kind of I don't know, like that that still makes me chuckle like like just where I was like, oh, those guys like he moated them or whatever. And I'm I'm sure it's the same thing with with Justin when he was bringing up the, the, the squadron, you know what I mean? The squadron Supreme wannabes, like that's, that's a good moment for, you know, Marvel to, to, you know, basically, you know, put down what, what are you guys just a bunch of knockoffs like that, that kind of thing. So I, you know, I don't know. It's kind of very general, but I mean, I read this in real time. I bought the absolute edition, which is, I think today, one of my preferred, formats to for i i mean i still buy physical copies of absolute editions just because i think they kind of like honor the i mean it's not quite treasury sized but i mean it is this huge oversized format this giant hardcover with a nice slip case it's just like a fantastic presentation especially for something like this with george perez's artwork where there's so many characters so many details you can just pour over it and you know consistently miss things you know and if you go back and look at their keys and things that point out where certain characters are you know you can stare at a page for hours and kind of go oh look there's this guy there's this guy there's this guy and then you can go look at a key and be like who's in that page what and then you go back and look at it and go holy shit the wonder twins are on that fucking page like what like and they're really fucking there you know and it's just like you just didn't notice it you know like the first time you looked at it or whatever and you 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 anyway the point is i bought this a good number of times i had george sign my absolute edition when Diablo Frank and me went to go see him in Texas back in 2018. And so, I mean, you know, for, for a number of reasons, because the story is a lot of fun because it's, it's just a fanboy sh smorgasbord of like characters and concepts and Easter eggs. And, and, and th there's like Easter eggs within Easter eggs, like where they're thanking people like shit that I didn't even know about where like now I do because I'm like sitting there going oh they, they named that street sign you know some of it's like obvious stuff where you're like oh yeah they named those after after comic creators you know people that worked on the Justice League and the Avengers and you're like yeah that makes sense but then there's like nods to like the the kids who donated the art pages to to this this addition to be scanned to recreate or there's like nods to like art dealers and stuff that that George Perez worked with and stuff so there's like street names and stuff and and stuff that I never would have noticed in a million years if I was just 
you know, like a comic book collector and a comic fanboy. So it's like, it kind of reminds me of like, there, there was one time I, I made a comic book, like a 22 page comic book for a friend. And it was like a gift, but it was like, it was only for that person. Like it was for like an audience of one. So there were just like tons of inside jokes so that it was like specifically for that friend. And so like, it reminded me of like, Obviously, this book is not just for an audience of one, but it was like all those things were kind of snuck in the background so that, you know, that audience of one, when they read it and they got to the page with their name on the street sign or their name on the, you know, the building side or whatever it was, they could go, oh, damn, like, awesome, like that, you know, George gave me a shout out or whatever. So, like, there's I I, I don't know, there's just so much stuff in this. And I, I you know. I, I think it's great. Like, I, I don't know if anybody else has any like different opinions. Like I, it's funny cause I'm always interested in that, but you know, so sometimes people aren't as forthcoming with those different opinions, but, but I guess we'll, we'll see what the rest of us think tonight. As far as my introduction, I was this many days old when I first read it. <laughs> this is my first time reading about it or reading it, I should say, not reading about it. I wasn't uh, familiar with it, that it existed, but it was at a time when I really wasn't collecting comic books and even something as big as this was, just it wasn't really on my radar. I was really into toys and DVDs. So like comics had kind of taken, you know, a sidestep. But it, it's it's obviously a, a story everybody wanted to read. Reading it today, it, it's a big read. Why, even though it's four issues, they're all pretty big issues, not 22 pages, but it's good. It's good. It like really pulls you in. You know, we'll, we'll, I'll definitely have more thoughts about it. I don't want to like really jump too far ahead, but I was really impressed that there was, there was the right amount of fan service, but also not at the expense of the story, which is really, really hard to pull off. As far as liking it, no, this was, this, this wasn't liking. This was really good. This was really, enjoyable you know i might be doing the summation of my thoughts that we usually do at the end but like just out of the gate i just have to say i wish i had read this back then and i understand like why so far you know two out of three fan holes currently and i'm sure justin probably at least at the very least liked it i don't know but i'll let him tell tell you what he thinks about it so i uh yeah that's all i got right now as far as just my introduction to it. i remember reading about the 80s version in wizard and comic buyers guide and i remember being super disappointed because i was like oh man like we could have had something like like really great and we got you know we got screwed like we missed out like this you know george perez drawing that like back then like that would have been great and i was like you know irritated and then i kind of like moved on and then you know i heard like oh it's it's gonna happen like they're 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 actually gonna do jla avengers and george perez is gonna draw it i was like all right sign me up when this was coming out, I was getting mostly DC stuff. Like, I wasn't getting very many Marvel comics at the time. It was mostly just DC and, you know, occasional Transformers stuff like War Within, that kind of thing. So I, was, I wasn't I was a Wednesday warrior like Derek. I was like a weekend warrior. Like, I would always go and see my girlfriend on Saturdays, and then I would go and, you know, we'd always go to the comic book store, and I would pick up, you know, whatever random stuff I was getting. And, you know, that's how I got this series just you know weekends <laughs> i think it's great i love it kind of like derek like you can look at every page that's full of like you know 
characters and stuff in the background, and you can go, okay, like, I see, yep, there's Moon Dragon, and, and there's the original version of Mantis from the 70s, and holy crap, there's Sargon the Sorcerer, and oh yeah, there's my boy Swordsman. But, like, you can go back to it, like, 10 years later, and you can see, like, characters in detail you didn't know before. So, and it's been a while since I read this, so I was kind of like, you know, looking at some of those pages and, you know, looking for anything I kind of didn't notice the last time around. I think this is great. Like, it's it's a love letter for comics. Like, whether you're more of a Marvel fan or a DC fan, like, I like I like both. I mean, I'll, you know, I, I, I kind of like Derek. I, I feel like I did my duty in the trenches and the arguments and, like, I... You know, it's like right now I'm like I'm old, my, I'm old and I'm tired and I don't have time for all those arguments anymore. So I kind of feel like I did my duty. Whether you're whether you're a Marvel or a DC fan, like this is just a huge love letter for Marvel and DC. Like there's so much going on. There's so many characters in there. I mean, you've got like you know cameos. It's not just Avengers and Justice League. It's you know you get like the thing shows up. And it makes sense in the plot. It's not just like, oh, we got, you know, Marvel's not like, oh, we got to throw in the Fantastic Four because, you know, they've got like some kind of big story coming up and we got to promote it. Like, no, like the thing shows up and it makes sense the reason he's in here. But it's just full of so many like little Easter eggs. And the issue I love the most is the one where you've got like the combined history of like the JLA and the Avengers have like kind of a occasional crossover because – the JLA used to have that with the JSA. There would be, you know, I don't know if it was yearly, but there would be frequent crossovers where the JLA and the JSA would meet up and, you know, they'd have to take on some bad guy. And it was so much fun seeing that here. And, you know, they even replicated that famous JLA cover where, like, they're having the seance and the one team summons the other one from the crystal ball. It's like, oh, man, like, that's so cool. Like, to see that, like with the Avengers instead of the JSA, like, man, that's so cool. But like, there's just so many little Easter eggs and like, you've got almost anyone who was ever a member of either, either team or even like loosely associated with them. Like they're here. You've got all the members in their different costumes over the, over the years. You know, you've got Steve Rogers as the captain. You've got Bloodwind in a couple of pages I noticed. And I was like, Oh man, like they got Bloodwind in there. Like, that's great. But like, you know, you've got like '90s bomber jacket era Hercules with like the middle gauntlets and no beard. I mean, there, there's just so many things to like. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you're a fan of Marvel. Like, there's like Easter eggs for you to like pick up on, and you're just like, oh man, hey, that's so uh, cool. Justin, Justin, they they even have Proctor, Proctor and Cersei with the bomber <laughs> jacket is in this crossover. I know, like that's the. That's why I love this so much because there's so many like little Easter eggs for you to pick up. Like I said, you can read it a thousand times. It doesn't matter. You can go back to the page and you're just like, oh, man, I never noticed that one detail before because Derek's talking about the Wonder Twins. I didn't know they were in here. And I like I feel like I've scrutinized these like, you know, back in 2003. Like I didn't take a magnifying glass or anything to it, but I feel like I poured over and I was like, OK, I'm good. Like, I think I know everything. And then I went back to it like, you know, four or five years later and I'm I, found new things and i feel like i found a few new things this time around and then even beside that like derek's telling me things i still don't know about it so like that's <laughs> that's one of the reasons i love this this crossover so much i i think if it wasn't busick and perez like 
this probably wouldn't have worked. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there, there, there probably are some, like, you know, writers and some artists who, who could have handled, like, you know, the load, the load of this, basically. But, like, if it wasn't them, it wouldn't have come off, like, as well. And, like, we wouldn't have, yeah, like, that many, like, you know, Easter eggs, cameos, like, you know, fan service, basically, to, like, pour over in this. And, like, I, I just, like, Busick... Like, you know, Busick understands all these characters, like, in and out. And, like, just, I, one thing, one of the things I really enjoy about this is how many different, like, pairings he does, like, like, between, like, a Marvel and a DC character, like, that, and they all make sense. Like, you know, you have Wonder Woman fight Hercules, like, you know, Mm -hmm. you have... Like even something as simple of as that scene where Thor and like Aquaman are talking to each other, and I'm like, oh right, they're both like blonde royalty. Like okay, that makes sense. And then you know you have Batman and Iron Man like talk about like you know weapon systems and stuff, and you know that there's there's so many like different like pairings in this between characters. Like you know Red Red Tornado talk, like fights Vision, like and then they they talk about you know Red Tornado talks with like Vision and Wanda about his like adopted children and whatever and like i don't know like it's it's you could tell that busick like probably had some kind of like you know chart or something and he was like you know okay this character has to talk to this character at some point and this character has to fight this character and like you know there's so much stuff in here like you know that i enjoy about that and like much like derek who like you know he said like oh you know my boy like superman like comes off like really well in this like i think like hawkeye comes off like awesomely in this like and i you know i i think he makes you know i think he comes off up i mean he he fucking saves the day yeah uh i mean and like he he come he he kind of like you know he does the whole like i feel like he does the whole like um animated like world's finest thing to like green arrow like he was like oh mm. like hawkeye joins the justice league and what does he do he steals green arrow's girl basically <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. You know. yeah one of the moments i always liked was guy gardner hitting on moon dragon because you know that's such a guy gardner thing to do and like <laughs> oh yeah when Iron Man first met Moondragon, he was kind of like putting the moves on her, and she like she was not having it back in the seventies. She's like, kind of like, you know, stuck her nose in the air, and she's like, "All you men, you only think about you know one thing, and it's you know, you know, it's so tiring." And you know, she just kind of like shut it down completely. So just, and you know, Tony Stark like you know he's got class, but Guy Gardner like no class at all. He's just like in your face, you know. So you're like. Oh man, this is not gonna end well. Like Guy Gardner hitting a moon dragon, like she's gonna mind sunk him from here to Tuesday. Yeah, there's this, there's this yeah. funny ass because there's, there's a, a great like key that you can use to, to look at all the, you know, the pages and and they write up like all the details of like what's in what page. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do my best, Jill Lepore, for this. So I'm just gonna read read the the thing because it's tied to what justin just said moon dragon has shown a willingness to tamper with minds she disapproves of as early as avengers volume one issue 176 guy gardner has shown a willingness to make sleazy advances (laughs) to hot babes at least as early as justice league 
number one. So it's like it, I, yeah. that just that just makes me like the way the scene makes you laugh, like the 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 way that was written up to makes me laugh because it's just that's like and that that like that that scene gives me like the eighties like feel goods or whatever because like my favorite part in that sequence is that silver centurion iron man armor is hanging out with jazzercise black canary like <laughs> like that thing that mike said about that makes so much sense and it's like <laughs> it so does like i it's like dude they're so fucking 80s and it's just like dude rock like it's awesome i i know one of the easter eggs i like well not easter egg but like one of the pairings i guess you would say i, I don't i don't care i don't care he lost i know but they thought highly enough of Blue Beetle to put up him up against T'Challa, and yeah, that's I'm right. Yeah, I, I I think I think that's funny too because like th this is something I guess you you have to discuss when it comes to this because it even though even though they pay homage to all eras and all versions of characters throughout the course of this four issue miniseries. When you take the beginning of it at face value, the Morrison era JLA coming off of that run, because by the time this came out, I think they were being written by Joe Kelly. Do you know what I mean? Like it was like it was it was, you know, many, many <laughs> years into the JLA run. And then for, you know, Avengers, it was, you know, Busick was writing them for the longest time, right? So, and I, I guess the reason why I bring that up is arguably the Morrison JLA and the Busick Avengers are probably to many fans the finest those groups have been or will ever be. So again, kind of like Mike was saying with that confluence of, you know, it needed Busick and it needed Perez for this to work. I think it also needed the Avengers and the JLA to sort of be the Avengers and JLA that they were. And I think the, 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 the thing that's cool about it for me at least, but I, I, I might pose this as a question to you guys at the end of this, because for me, I, I think it's, you know, Justin, how we had those discussions, and I know you guys are always like, well, Derek, you like Dark Knight Returns? And I'm like, yes, I, I love Dark Knight Returns. And they're like, but, you know, you like Superman. Like, don't people, you know, like cer certain things, like wh whatever it is, like, you know, the, the lessons people learn from Dark Knight Returns are what's the bad after effect. But I don't blame Dark Knight Returns for that. And I almost think... The same thing is true of JLA Avengers in a weird way. And if you'll hear me out, my, my thing is, you know, the the moment they bring back Hal and Barry was like, you know, Justin understands this, right? Because he was there. Like, we were all waiting, you know, with bated breath. You know, like, the, you know, I was uh, uh, Wednesday Warrior. I was getting Hal Jordan is the Spectre every month. Do you know what I mean? Like, like I was still following you know, the saga of Hal Jordan and going, when is he going to, you know, come back like for real, you know, and that whole thing. And when people saw that and saw Barry and Hal, it was like just this moment of like euphoria. And, and this, and you have to understand when this came out, there was no Green Lantern rebirth. 
there was no flash rebirth like it it it, it was it in some ways heralded all that but you know there was no infinite crisis reset and then superman slowly started going back to sort of certain silver age aspects or whatever like this was all still pre-crisis superman and so there are those weird moments like i don't know if you guys notice or not but it's like in addition to in that sort of merged universe where they they cross over to you know earth one and earth two and 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 you know have the jla avengers you know meetups annually and all that stuff like not only is hal and barry back but like if you pay attention to like the superman aspects of it like lana lang is broadcasting from galaxy broadcast system like that's not a that's not a like post-crisis thing like lana you know you know what i mean like that's a that's a bronze age like Mm -hmm. pre-crisis or during crisis thing right and so you're like sitting there going oh look like and 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 they have that aspect of the storyline they wrestle with is like when they finally find the grandmaster and he's all beaten up and broken and near death right and they're like and captain america's like well what what is it that we're fighting to save here you know and and like you know what what happens when we we go back to the status quo and it's interesting because then then it, it, they want to make it a conflict and a struggle so of course music shows you every shitty thing that's ever happened in the nineties mm-hmm. do you know what I mean like like Teen Tony and fucking Parallax and Death of Superman and Broken Bat and Nightfall and just all this you know and then and then they go back to the well with you know oh yeah we're gonna show. Hank smacking Jan and and just all this stuff to be like uh, fake magical children. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like like all that stuff that that would make it you know uh, painful to give up. And, and in some sense, it's like it's weird how they they pull a lot of things that you've read before and seen before, but apply it to this crossover. So it's like to me, it's like it's a little bit contest the champions. It's a little bit crisis with the 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 earth's merging and then you know it's a little bit you know for the man who has everything where they have to sort of give all that up to to bring things back to normal you know and 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 then it's you know just kind of like that fantastical you know everybody's costume is changing and fluxing you know through through uh the battles and stuff like that for fun and so like I guess my question, though, is or my 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 supposition, though, is and I don't know how much this really applies to Marvel, per se, but I think it does apply to D.C. I feel like this was like we've all said it. it it's to me, I enjoy this story. I think they it needed to have Hal and Barry. I wouldn't want it not to have Hal and Barry. In fact, I think coming back to this 20 years later, seeing the the Jim Lee designed Kyle Rayner costume. I almost, I mean, I know there's probably going to be blasphemy to Kyle Rayner fans, but I almost like Kyle Rayner in this is almost like the same way I react to Jack of hearts and triathlon. Like, Oh yeah, that was a thing back then. Do you know what I mean? But it's nothing that's really, I mean, Kyle Rayner has lasted the test of time, but not that Jim Lee designed costume for sure. So it's like you you look at that and there's that moment where you just kind of tilt your head and go, oh, yeah, that was that was what was going on in the era back then. Like, that's how it was. And, you know, maybe for people that are, you know, 
big fans of the classic look for Aquaman. I mean, that look barely makes an appearance in, in, I mean, there's, there's, there's moments, but you could tell DC editorial at the time was like, no JLA hook hand Aquaman. That's the Aquaman that sells. You're going to keep him, Even if he doesn't have the hook, you're going to keep him looking like the Peter David Aquaman for like, 80%, if not 90% of this crossover. And you could tell there were certain things that were in place. But what, what I thought you know, was... One of his most powerful moments, though, is when he he, he fish controls like Atuma and Marina mm -hmm. and everything, mm -hmm. and he's in his old school outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so, like, I guess that's a good example of it, too. But I guess what I'm getting at is they, they kind of introduce that aspect of, well, let's let's go like, isn't it cool that like the best of all these worlds involves going back to some of those Silver Age characters that everybody loves and misses because they've either been killed off or mistreated or 90s or whatever you want to call it. Right. And and so you have this 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 kind of utopian merge of Marvel and DC. But I feel like, you know, yeah, maybe the lessons weren't learned as well, kind of like people say from Dark Knight Returns. Like, because I, I feel like after that, then, you know, I, I, you know, there's those people that kind of like miss, you know, that you got the post-crisis fans, you got the pre-crisis fans, but then there's like post-infinite crisis where it's still post-crisis, but they sort of, they walk back some, you know, like Superman w was much more walked back, like where it wasn't it wasn't quite as, you know, like they 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 reintroduced the the Silver Age looking Jor-El and Lara. They weren't so sterile and, you know, like the burn version of that. And, you know, crypto, it was OK to show crypto. It was OK to bring Supergirl back. And then it kind of trickled on where, you know, it was OK to bring Barry back and bring Hal back and all this other stuff. And it's like, you know, and, and some people rail against that. And some people were like, finally they did it, you know, but anyway, I, I guess I, I just, I just was wondering, cause to me, I feel like I, th that moment, you know, like I can almost pinpoint it to this cause it was like 2003. And then after that, then, you know, then you start getting, you know, Green Lantern Rebirth and Flash Rebirth and and all the things that followed after that. So I just I don't know. I was just curious what you what you thought of that. I mean, at least for Justin, for sure. I, I guess I would say as far as DC, I can understand it. But I will say I think one thing that was really interesting was Cap, because you know you're saying like they like the Silver Age and stuff like that. For a long time, a lot of people had said Captain America was boring and he was just a like you know he was a. a he was a symbol, but not a not an interesting one. He's, he's he's just supposed to be Mr. America, apple pie and baseball and all this. And I think this story was like almost like a precursor to like the Brubaker and like you know the MCU stuff and even the Ultimate stuff, where he's more of a soldier. He's more a little bit more of a hard ass. He's still a good person. And like even like fucking Superman, even Superman is like, no, you got to call the shots. You're the guy who coordinates. Like. You know, you're 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 you got this, you know, so I, I think Cap got a, like a really good bump out of this. I think, too, like that's, you know, we were talking about characters that got over in this, you know, and, and definitely like for sure you get that feeling of like, hell yeah, when like both. It's not just that, like, I think you would expect Superman to do it, but you have to remember this was in the era of fucking 
bat love god prep time. Batman cannot shit anything but fucking pristine roses out of his ass. Batman, like that, that he was totally infallible. That nobody could kick his ass and all this other bullshit. And they they both turn like after Superman's kind of like, yeah, you're, you're the guy. And then and then they both turn to Batman and Batman's kind of like, yeah, yeah, you're the guy. And and just just him doing that like that like to me you know is as it should be. But like that, you know, it, it's like you would hope that, I don't know, 50 percent of crazy Batman fanboys would at least kind of go, oh, Batman respects this guy. Do you know what I mean? Like as opposed to the other 50 percent that might be like, that's bullshit. Batman should do everything, you know, like so anyway. Yeah, that sequence where everyone gets to see the trauma that's to come if their reality goes back to normal, I think. I don't know. I don't know how you feel about it, but I always felt like DC had way more trauma with its characters, mm -hmm. like compared to Marvel. And I think the the nostalgia factor for DC is maybe higher for me. Yeah. I, I don't know. but uh, Maybe that's just me, because at the time, like I said, I was reading more DC stuff month to month. I was also getting a lot of older stuff. Like, this is the prime era of me getting those crisis trades like like i mentioned uh, you know okay. where they had all those trades where mm -hmm. they had all the collective stories where the jla and the jsa met up and there were like five yeah, or six like, like five of them right yeah, yeah and i remember I've, i remember when they printed all those too I was, that that came out like right around the same time as infinite crisis and that was like the the, the, the these all kind of you know I, I think this came out a little bit after infinite crisis if i'm right but or maybe 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 infinite crisis came out a little bit after this but they they all kind of were in a similar timetable but i think uh, i think it's a lot of factors for me it's like a combination of reading way more dc and exploring dc history especially with the, those jla jsa trades and everything but like i feel like the the trauma page it's what i'm going to call it now like that hit more for the DC characters because I felt like they had been through so much more. It's like they'd all died or had their back broken or like Wonder Woman, they were stripped of their title and their costume and Aquaman well, lost his hand and Green, and you know, Hal and They, they even and, go as far to do the Our Worlds at War thing where Hippolyta's dead, yeah. right? Like, so, I mean, they, they, they touched on a lot of that stuff that, that happened, you know, fairly recently as well because there was, there, that, that's the part of this where I, I think even though I was heavily reading DC at the time, it's like that's the stuff I have to refresh my memory with. It's like you guys know I love our worlds at war, but then like there was stuff like with like Manito Raven and like all the Obsidian Age shit and JLA, and it's like, dude, I, I haven't read that since I read it. You know what I mean? Like, like so it's like it's like one of those things where like if if you asked me to tell you what the Obsidian Age was about, I'd be like, well, uh, the JLA all fuck off, and then like Firestorm and a bunch of other assholes come in with like Nightwing to like find them or some shit. And <laughs> they they think Aquaman's come back to life or something. Because if you remember, uh, Aquaman fucking got taken out in our Worlds of War too. You know, like so it's like anyway. I just yeah. wanted to say when we were talking about like putting cap over or whatever, but the one scene I always call back to in this when anyone says that oh Batman could beat Captain America 
is when Prometheus like confronts Captain America and is like, hey, I've downloaded Batman's fighting skills, so this is going to be no problem. And it cuts away, and when it cuts back, Cap's already, like, one-punched Prometheus. Yeah, like, you yeah, know, like, yeah. That's, I'm like, see, like, you know, don't, you know, Cap... Cap wouldn't have any problem with Batman if he really yep. wanted to, yep. you know, so. Yeah, I was just going to say, to Justice's point about what he's talking about with the trauma in there, the trauma room, like, there is a lot of trauma DC, like, but you have Aquaman who's like, oh, shit, I, wait a minute, I wait, why do I have a hand? You know, he's, like, confused. But, like, to your point, too, Derek, with Barry and Hal, Barry's like, oh, I'm still dead in this universe. And... At least I went out like a hero, but yeah, I don't come back. And Hal is like, I think even has it rougher because he's like, I turned into a fucking monster. It's like, it, it's weird because I think I think there's like this, uh, you know how I talked about how there's a certain element of Schadenfreude, like seeing the guys you like put over on other guys or whatever, and then uh, so it's like. Our perspective, you know, my perspective, right, would be, oh, if Superman fucking, you know, takes out Thor, right? Like, I'm the one doing the fist pump and having the sense of vindication, but maybe Justin's like, what the fuck, right? Like, that that kind of thing, right? Because it's Thor, right? And, and, and in the same sense, like, with Captain America, you know, taking out Prometheus with Batman's fighting skills, I feel like I'm of that opinion where... Again, I do the fist bump, and I'm vindicated, right? And, you know, things like Hal and Barry coming back, I'm vindicated. But then, like, I could point to a couple things where I'm on the opposite spectrum of that, but it's very rare in this. But there, there's there's one or two things. Like, I mean, I guess, and, and it's a question for you guys, too, but I'll just, I'll shoot mine out real quick. But the two guys I feel get majorly hosed in this is... You guys know I like Captain Adam, and fucking Iron Man and Hawkeye took out Captain Adam. I'm like, that's fucking bullshit, but whatever. I'm gonna <laughs> let it slide. And then, and then uh, uh, the 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 second thing, and I I think he he makes up for it in areas, so it's it's more of a story point and a balance point. But I kind of felt bad, like, and and again, this is one of those things I feel like would echo what was to come in DC that that has come over and over and over again and has made me feel the really the feel bads is I think Wally is probably the most maligned in this because he doesn't have his powers when he goes to Marvel. He nearly gets his ass beat. He 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 has to wear a fucking apparatus. He he lets fucking Hawkeye and and, and Iron Man steal Kyle's fucking power battery. Like, so there's, like, all these things where he gets fucking pwned left and right, and he's the fucking Flash. Because it's, like, in the opening scene, he's badass because he, he throws, like, all that rubble at fucking Terminus at, like, 675 miles per hour, and you're like, yeah, he's the Flash. And, you know, I can I can hear, I can, I, I my synapses, I can hear the Wizard World showdown forums. I can hear my buddy, <laughs> I can hear my buddy going, dude, Flash could just steal all their fucking speed and then fucking kick their asses and whatever. Like, I can hear all that in my head, right? And, like, like there's that aspect where, like, I get it. And and then, you know, and then the it's, like, as happy as I was that Hal and Barry come back for that, that those moments, it's, like, 
I don't know that I had any major fist pump moments for Wally. And like, those are the two things that I'd point to. But I'm just curious from like your guys' perspective, like you may skew more Marvel than me. Like I may be inconsiderate of Marvel to a degree, even though I claim to like both Marvel and DC. But I'm, I'm just curious, like, is there anybody you felt got the short shrift in this? You know, pro- probably not with, you know, the intent to short shrift them, but just, just because of the scale and scope and breadth of this kind of event. Well, I, I was going to say that, like, I mean, I, I had the same thought that you did about, you know, Captain Adam, but also I was kind of like, but see, that's like Hawkeye prep time. It's like, you know, cause Iron Man's all like, Oh, you have your anti-radiation arrow, huh? And he was like, Oh yeah. Like you never know. Like what? So I'm like, okay, well, I guess that like, you know, it looks good for my guy, but I'm kind of like, yeah, but I, I, the power levels are a little out of whack there. I think Captain Adam would have, you know, wouldn't have been taken out that easily, but. It's interesting. Cause I, I sort of get like Iron Man's like one of the big three Avengers. So he certainly, you know, it's like, I, I would argue like he might be one of the smartest tech guys in the room i mean the only that's the thing that i thought was interesting too because you this is a scenario where you you know basically reed richard shows up for a glorified cameo but he's not involved in any of the big fights right so to me that makes tony the smartest avenger there is right and and maybe the smartest of all the guys they have there because they kind of kept pairing him up with barry which very smart, but I don't think he's like Iron Man level smart. If I was going to pair anybody up with Tony, it would be Ray Palmer. But I, I guess I get that there's like different disciplines and all that other stuff, too. But, you know, you don't have Brainiac 5 or Mr. Terrific or like guys that I, I would think are, you know, you know, if, you, if you're putting a list of like smartest men between the two worlds, you know, I would certainly put some of them over Tony Stark. But that's I mean, that's just me. But like, you know, anyway, it, it, to me, it's just interesting, you know, from that perspective, like, is there somebody you thought, you know, got sort of pwned or the short shrift? Like, like, you know what I thought was interesting was and Tony brought this up. Like, I was fascinated as fuck that Red Tornado did not get blown apart by anybody. And that, in fact, like that was one of my fist pump moments, which I don't know if Justin was mad about this or not, but I think they were fighting Thor and Vision. And I loved, like for me, it was it was a fist pump moment because Red Tornado was teamed up with Firestorm, who's like one of my boys, and <laughs> Firestorm and him take the, the fucking bobble away from Thor and Vision, and they do it because Red Tornado has the elemental inside of them. So to me, that's also like a fist pump moment to like, I read the fucking elemental Firestorm. I know all about the elemental Red Tornado. And guess what? Swamp Thing's an elemental. So I'm like, those are all my elemental boys, and they fucked your ass up <laughs> or whatever. And But like, again, like I said, it could be like Schadenfreude on the other side where you're like, fuck that. Thor should like totally... Totally own fucking Red Tornado gets blown up like every fucking week. This is bullshit. Like, so I could I could understand if that was somebody's perspective or point of view or whatever. Well, well, as a, as a DC fan and also as someone who watches a lot of live action stuff. Oh, no, fuck that. Red Tornado and, and like Firestorm need this in 2022. <laughs> <laughs> they need the win. Yeah. Let's just do it though. As, as, but I do like Marvel. I'm not a big hater on Marvel. 
I think one guy who kind of got a a short shrift was Wonder Man. Mm, okay. You know what? I, I I know he wasn't a primary character, but I, this is this is me, you know, attributing my Superman fanboyism. Like like one thing I didn't notice, and I and I you know I went through and looked at the guide and tried to pay attention to like all this stuff. And even when you look at that guide, sometimes you go back and go, "What the fuck are they talking about?" And you have to like stare at it for like ten minutes and go, "Oh, there the fuck he is." And one of those moments I had was. They were like, oh, the Galactic Golem is in this. And the Galactic Golem is kind of like this goofy-looking Superman, Kurt Swan vil villain. He's like this big, huge, almost, you know, a golem, right? He's this huge, like, stone thing, right? But because he's the Galactic Golem or whatever, he's got, like, all these different colored, like, bobbles, like, all over him or whatever. So he glows and he's all shiny and shit. But he's a Superman villain. Like, Superman had to beat him up, Right. And who do they have, like, you know, one-punching him in the middle of the battle? Wonder Man. So, to me, like, like that kind of, for me, like, uh, you know, turning it around to, like, a Marvel thing, I was like, dude, fist pump, bro. Like, Wonder Man, like, you go, man. Like, beat the shit out of that guy. Like, so, I don't know. Like, that that was, you know, but but I, I, I can see what you're saying, too. I guess if I had one, it would be, and it's just one scene, really, but... Zatanna and Scarlet Witch had that one uh, moment where they're kind of facing off, and I'm like, I I love Scarlet Witch, but if she went toe to toe with Zatanna, like it wouldn't be a contest. Like Zatanna should like might wipe the floor with her, but I I don't know that. I think that's the one for me. I was just like, eh, Zatanna, I think I, she'd take her pretty easily. I I did I did feel like they gave Marvel a couple like handicaps, like to like even them out a little with the oh, JLA, like, like you know the mother box with Iron Man and yeah. Wanda channeling like the deep yeah. like the chaos yeah, the, energy, the, the kids, the kid so. eternity magic and stuff, yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, it, well mean, it's like it's like I guess you could say like you know because to me I I feel like being balanced and fair because I mean you could easily argue that like Superman only breaks the barrier at the end because fucking Vision like dies and gives him all his solar energy so he's got a solar power up from Vision and then Thor gives him his hammer and he's got Cap's shield and yeah. then he busts through you know what I mean so it's like you know so it's like okay so Wanda gets a kid eternity power up and, and, you know, th th like, th you know, Iron Man gets a mother box. So I guess that's supposed to account for why he pones like the flash or whatever. But, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Like th th there's certain things about that where you're like, you know, what's interesting about that is Tony's avatar is it it's funny. I don't know how Uber Batman fanboys react to this, but see me, I would have been fine if Batrock the fucking Leaper got the drop on stupid fucking Batman and just kicked him in the face. But because this was the era of fucking infallible Batman, the only reason why Batrock the Leaper gets the drop on Batman and kicks him in the face is because he's in the middle of this time hijinks transformation thing where he, he momentarily goes back to being JLA Batman without the Jibber. oval and, yeah. and it's like in mid transition. And so he's distracted because of cosmic fucking forces. <laughs> and that's why Batrock gets the drop on him. Cause otherwise, it never would have happened because fuck, because I'm Batman, you know. And I'm just like, that's such bullshit that they have to do that, but they did it right, and so it accommodates. They still got what they wanted, which was Batrock, 
fucking kicking Batman in the fucking face, but they they had to like come up with some it, cockamamie cosmic reason why it happened. And to be fair, Batman did say that like Batroc was like kind of a badass. He was like not an easy fucking win. So there, right, there's that. Right. Oh, I, I did kind of like I did kind of like when all those like Marvel, you know fighters were gonna like try to gang up on batman and then and then they're like if black He's panther fighting. and everybody else is like dude you want a hand bro and they're like yeah let's fuck these guys up you know like so there were there were some cool team ups in snow world or whatever when they were like having the the planets merged together and like one was all snow and one was like you know hell <laughs> basically i, I like that really weird ass bad guy team like the Silver Swan and Silver Banshee, Mammoth, fucking Sonar. Sonar and Poison Ivy. Yeah. Strapple. Yeah, that was like such a random ass group. Yeah. It kind of reminded me a little bit. I Maybe maybe it's just because it's Poison Ivy, but it kind of reminded me there's that, you know, basically they fight like all the villains in Crisis on Infinite Earths number nine. But like there, some of them are like broken up into little groups or whatever. And there was that one moment in Crisis nine where... They bust into like Poison Ivy's like I don't know her 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 garden or whatever and stuff and th there were a random assortment like where it was like I think it was like a lot of the plant based guys in Crisis where it was like Florenic Man and Poison Ivy and Plant Master and all these guys were all together in one unit but like I guess just because Poison Ivy was there it kind of reminded me a you know it felt like Perez and a little Crisisy or whatever with those guys. I think right. I always yeah. appreciated. I, I don't know if it was on purpose. I suspect it is because because it's Kurt Busiek. But like the first two issues, the plot, you know, both teams have to capture an item, very similar to the Avengers Defenders War, because mm. the plot of that is the Avengers and Defenders they are manipulated by Dormammu and Loki to reassemble the Evil Eye, which is featured in this. The Evil Eye was shattered into six pieces, I think. And each team thinks the other team is being mind-zonked or they're up to no good. And so they have to capture a piece of the evil eye to keep the other team from getting it. That's kind of what's going on in the first two issues of this. And I was yeah. like, hey, that's that's really cool because I, I always liked that Avengers Defenders War. So I'm like, I suspect Kurt Busiek did it on purpose because, you know, when it comes to continuity, like, his shit is on point. Like, he's a man. He knows his shit. Both companies. So I'm just like, I see what you're doing. I really appreciate that, sir. And uh, uh, I guess I can't really legitimately say this, but I, I feel like, at least with this particular event, as much as people may or may not have been tempted to make a bunch of spinoff books and series that were all crap, they never did with it. And, like, I almost feel like you could have. Do you know what I mean? Like, because I, I was sitting there looking at that, like, Lobo fighting the Imperial Guard, and I was like, I would read I yeah. would read a book about that. Like, yeah. I would read an entire comic of Lobo whooping up on the Imperial fucking Guard or whatever. You know, he's, like, making snide comments to Lalandra and Gladiator going, who the fuck do you think you are? And, like punching him back into orbit or whatever, you know, like something like that, where I was like, that would be pretty boss. But I would know. read Hawkman and Hawkwoman taking on like the Skrull Empire. That sounds great. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's lots of stuff like that where you, you, you're like, oh, damn, like there's whole, you know, you, you could almost picture like whole little sagas that all take place and it's just like one <laughs> panel, you know? 
a big oh shit moment for me when I was originally reading this was Dark Side with the Infinity and the Gauntlet. I was like, holy shit, this thing is fucking over. I don't know what they're going to do. But then it's like, oh, there's no power in this universe. And he's like, you know, in my, and they're, they, like, they give him the cred. They're like, oh, this guy looks worse than Thanos. And he's like, yeah, yeah. this thing is useless. It has no power. It's dead. He's like, you know, Desad disposes this bobble. I was like, I, I just love the fact it's like dark side with defending the gauntlet. That's such a great image. And then he's like, he just treats it like it's a piece of garbage because it's powerless. He's like, dispose of this piece of crap. <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny because I always, it always cracks me up that even in the middle of these like world busting, shattering, like mega events that are important to everybody else, like everything hinges on, you know, the heroes doing whatever they have to do. Like typically dark sides just kind of like, Nah, I got better shit to do. I need to like, I need to fuck Sully yeah. tonight or something. Like, I got, I got things to do. Like, this is, this, you guys are wasting my fucking time. Like, go away. What if the anti equation? That's all he wants. What if, what if Darkseid made the perfect cup of cappuccino with the infinity gone? <laughs> uh, mm, frothy. <laughs> I was going to say, like, when you were talking about, like, you know, in that final battle, like, all the matchups you could see in the background, like, I thought it was cool, like, when you see, like, Superman, like, slugging it out with, like, Count Nefaria and mm -hmm. stuff like yeah. that. And oh, let, let me ask you, too, Derek, like, is that, that part where, like, when they're going through all the time, like, variations and, like, Superman's, like, punching out Abomination and he's got, like, the oh, 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. mullet. Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. supposed to be the weak-ass Superman who got, like, defeated by Venom or something? Because, like, <laughs> th th <laughs> Thor's, Thor's, uh... Thor's kind of like, are you okay, Superman? And Superman's, like, having trouble and he's like, oh, yeah, like, I'm, I'll be okay. Like, is that the one, like, what is it, Final Night or Final whenever night. he was? Yeah. Thor's yeah. like, Superman, you're so shite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Superman, you're so shite. See, this is this is that Schadenfreude thing I was telling the audience about. <laughs> some people take pleasure in other people's pain. Yeah. That's I, uh Derek, I couldn't help but notice your pain. <laughs> Share it with me. I want I want my pain. I need my pain. I I also like that bit in the final battle where like someone says like thanks, Captain Marvel, and like three people say like hey, yeah. you're welcome. Like, or, <laughs> yeah, that's great. Or... Yeah, well, I mean, like Mike, there's also that scene where like you know uh, Hawkeye shows up like he's ready for RuPaul's Drag Race with his old fucking costume. So oh, I mean, yeah, his his old like skirt. <laughs> Purple skirt costume, yeah. Uh, skirt and sash over his boobs. <laughs> like, hey, I'm here. <laughs> I was gonna say the one thing about the final battle and maybe this entire like series that always kind of not bothered me, but it always I, I it felt like a kind of quick messy fix, and maybe you have an explanation for it, and maybe you don't. But like you know the whole scenario where like who's the dude who like quote unquote like kills the Flash and Hawkeye? Oh, uh, that's. This is super complicated, but his name is Dream Slayer. Dream Slayer is, is from like an alternate reality, but where I mean, essentially, he's DC's version of Dormammu. So yeah, that's I was like yeah. some flame-headed guy, but in whatever yeah. case, like you know, he does whatever he does, and like the Flash and Hawkeye are reduced to like you know their costume and their like quiver, 
And then, you know, Green Arrow picks up, like, Hawkeye's arrows, which is a cool scene. And he's like, you know, I'll make them all count, dude. Like, whatever. But, like, it turns out they didn't really die. And, like, they, like, kind of faked their deaths and, like, like you know, were hiding in the background or something until it was time to, you know, make the last saving throw or whatever. But I, I don't know. I felt like that was kind of cheaty because i was like well what happened like because it looked like they got vaporized or whatever like how did they like survive that like i i assume like the flash like kind of like zipped them out of there at the last second or something yeah. but i don't i don't know i guess it looked more like final than it like turned out well to- i i think i think it was supposed to look final but then i think the other thing too that you have to remember is you know that that's that's goes back to these superhero showdown boards where it's like dude barry you know in, in you know Wally eventually got to be Godspeed level with the Speed Force and all that other stuff, but for the longest time, Wally was like, "Shit, I can't even vibrate. Like, you know, I can't, I can't even like go through brick walls, and if I do, they explode, and you know, all these problems he would have, right? But Barry was always on top of that shit. So to me, I'm just kind of like, dude, it might have looked like they got atomized, but like Barry just vibrated them through and 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 took Hawkeye with them, and you know, I mean, to me, it's <laughs> was all. That, it's what, all what this- since he left, was it like was Barry like naked with Hawkeye? Or yeah, something? yeah, yeah. Barry, Barry, this, like, Barry and the Hawkeye were naked as jaybirds, <laughs> and then and then the time warp thing kept happening, and they got they got their clothes back. You know, like it's fine. Dream Slayer was part of the extremists, who were basically Marvel knockoff villains in DC. Yeah, they were all they were all Marvel knockoff villains because technically the the universe they came from was a Marvel knockoff universe. Like the yes. the one one Jinda was like Thor and Blue Jay was like uh, Ant Man, I guess, and the Silver Sorceress was like Scarlet Witch, basically. So it's like all their bad guys were you know counterparts for like Doctor Octopus and Sabretooth and Ultron and Dormammu and all that. So. Shit. So knockoff Dormammu is not going to kill Wally West and, and Hawkeye. Yeah, I, I guess I, like being that it was Kurt Busiek, maybe I expected more of an explanation of like how that happened or whatever. But like, yeah, I don't know. It was just kind of abrupt to me, I guess. I I, I think for me, I mean, it's just dude. The explanation is Flash. I mean, super speed, <laughs> man, super speed. I I wanted to posit a question to you, Derek. Because space, how happy were you that they had, like, Eternity and, and Destiny and, like, even Galactus show up? Like, like, a lot of fucking space in this series. Oh, yeah, yeah, all the Cosmos stuff is cool. I mean, it's funny, too, because they were like, you, you know what's interesting about that is they, they probably couldn't do, you know, I mean, I mean, I guess if, if you want to say who gets majorly choted in this miniseries on the DCN, it's God. Because the one who is above all is supposed to be the one holding the cosmos in DC. Like, that's pretty much supposed to be God's hand. But then they can't have Eternity and God, like, you know, duke it out or team up or whatever is supposed to happen. So they were just like, yeah, let's just use Kismet from the Superman titles. And then it's like, and I'm kind of like, oh, dude, Eternity's giving Kismet some, like, deep dicking there. So if you want to have schadenfreude and say, like, Marvel really gave it to DC, like, there's there's your, you got a splash page of it right there. So. Right. Uh, well, and, and all that, but uh, Krona, God, what's his name? Kronar? Kronas? Krona. Krona. I mean, he beat Galactus. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. that's a smackdown. Well, I, mean, I mean, I mean, that, I, I, you know, I don't know. This, this is me just, you know 
touting my DC horn. I mean, you know, it's like one of those things where it's like, dude, like that, you know, Superman says it, like they all say it. Like, I think Aquaman says it too. It's like, oh, dude, like we're all more powerful than these guys. Like, and I mean, I, to me, I don't even think that's like, I mean, yeah, there's some kind of schadenfreude, some kind of knock there, but like, I, I think they're just spitting facts. Like, like the, 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 the cosmic level nonsense that goes on in DC, you know, on a daily basis is, is, is way more than, you know, I mean, people can get all butthurt over it, but you know, it's like, dude, they just have to, you know, pick a rabbit out of a magic hat to find some cosmic deity that can stand toe to toe with, you know, Galactus. And I think, you know, Krona, I, I think, works for this because he's got that history. It's like that's the the crisis aspect of it or whatever. And then that entropy suit comes from, the, the, you know, the pre-Kyle run, but that same title. You know, the, the you know, Hal Jordan goes and reassembles the core and has the White Temples and all that era when, when Green Lantern was kind of getting popular again and stuff. So they had a version of Krona that had that entropy armor is what they were calling it. And so it shows up and it's all entropy and it takes like the entire fucking core to defeat it. So it's like, well, if, if, if the last time that version of Krona showed up and it took 3,600 green lanterns to defeat it, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it can fucking, you know, stand up to Galactus. So, yeah, I, I did like that out of the new gods, like besides, of course, Apocalypse showing up, like the various denizens there. The only really like major new god, like besides cameos, was Metron, and I, I like Metron in this this series. Yeah, I mean that's that's the whole contest, the champions thing. You know, you got the games master, and then and then Metron playing that that other you know gamer role, I guess. You know, and 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 having people go, you know, basically they're they're the ones sending people off on their initial. As Justin says, you know, Defender War missions, you know, or whatever. I mean, I'm, issue two is called a contest of champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at like the final battle because, like, like Justin said, it's like you can just keep like looking at this and notice things like you've never noticed before. But I like, I, I also like in the background you can see Firestar, Fire, and Firebird like bombarding Captain Cold, Blizzard, and Killer Frost yeah. like with fireballs and stuff. Like, There's also, then, I don't know if you noticed this, but there's like a tiny image of like Hellcat completely owning Doomsday. <laughs> <laughs> you have to squint. You have to squint really you hard, but squint, I swear yeah. it's there. I know that there is a, there is a... <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Okay, well, I don't approve of that, but I, <laughs> I I do approve of the 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 scene of triathlon running his dumb ass right into the rhino's head. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. There's also I can also see um the hobgoblin getting smashed on the head by Hawk Girl and her mace. Let's see what else. There's a ton of like shit all over the place here. Hey, let's let's give some uh, let's give a shout out to Dane Whitman, Black Knight. Doesn't have any words, but every action panel he's in, he's doing something cool. Yeah. You know, the the one notion in this that kind of made me set up was the idea that the Justice League would have completely prevented Genosha from getting annihilated. I was yeah, like, that's true. I yeah. read that and I was like, you know, I could so easily picture that happening in my head thoughts. And I was like, you know, they, they kind of got a point. Like the Avengers and, and the Fantastic Four, they just kind of 
you know, set out the mutant problem. Like, you know, you can just see Gyrich like telling the Avengers, like, oh, this is a mutant problem. Stay out of this. You know, we'll, we'll take away your UN clearance or whatever. But like JLA, you can just see them like rushing in and being like, you know, we're going to help you guys and you're not going to get annihilated. Well, and that's a that's a good thing to like bring up. It is it is attributed to a brain scramble because of the you know interaction between the the worlds, but like on the Avenger side, they they see the Justice League, especially Cap. Like it's Cap and Superman mainly. Yeah. Cap sees Superman as like a fascist almost. They're like they they they're basically like the crime syndicate or the Justice Lords. You know, they get all this adoration and all that stuff. Like, he doesn't really see that they deserve it. They're actually really good people, but he thinks they, like, control this world. Whereas, like, Superman, he sees the Avengers, you know, like, this world sucks. Are these guys even fucking trying hard enough? Like, what do you think about those parallels? Obviously, it gets settled, but, like, initially, that's, like, the biggest contest is, like, Superman and Captain America butting heads because of that. I mean, they they set that up so that there is some, I don't want to call it artificial, but they, they set it up so that there is some more agitation that leads to the conflict because of, of how they describe both of them being so attuned to their universes, which I do find fascinating because a lot of people will tell you that Captain America is one of the most DC... Type Marvel characters, and that Batman is one of the most Marvel type DC. You know what I mean? Like, like they'll they'll say things like that, and and I'm just kind of like, well, in, in this story, Cap and Superman are so attuned to their own universes that it, it's almost like they're just naturally agitated being in the other universe. Like it just doesn't doesn't gel with them. It doesn't work for them, and so. In that sense, it's like you can attribute, like, I guess if somebody's like, oh, Superman's so out of character in this or something like that, it's like, I suppose you're supposed to attribute certain lines of dialogue to that agitation. But I think what both of them are saying isn't without merit. Do you know what I mean? Like, I kind of tend to just think it's agitation, not, you, you you know how Hawkeye's basically like, you know, five to ten gets you their mind control. Like, I don't think... I don't think Cap and Superman are mind controlled in this. Do you know what I mean? I think I think it's like they 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 just had really heightened tension that led to the initial conflict. But then when you see them talk about, you know, it's like it's like I think I think the key is for Cap when he sees the Jason Todd memorial, and then and then for for furthermore after that. Like they they both have that conversation talking about how they weren't themselves when they first met, right? Like if 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 they weren't so agitated that you know maybe they wouldn't have you know gone down that road or whatever, right? And it's like you know and and yeah, I don't know, it's you know. like episode or issue episode whatever you want to call it issue three. They're the only two, even though they keep going through these like reality jumps they're they're the only people who are like no this isn't right no this isn't right no this isn't right (laughs) well yeah and that that kind of goes back to my point about the whole like you could tell the cards you know were were dealt or the 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 
the fix was in for DC Comics, like wanting to go back to a more Silver Age thing, because when when Superman realizes that Cap also senses it, he says great Krypton. And like that's in and of itself is like a Silver Age Superman exclamation. You know, like I always remember like the the what the and it was like, you know, John Byrne wrote the, you know, superb man fights the fantastical four. And the the gag or one of the many gags in that was like, you know, it, it was supposed to be like he was making fun of himself. Right. And so he'd write things like, you know, great Rayo or great Krypton or whatever. And then he, you could see the letterer would X out the Rayo and Krypton and be like, great Scott, you know, or what it like. So he'd say something, you know, more earth based right so that that you know he was less connected to his kryptonian heritage like he was in the post-crisis version but even in this he says great krypton so you're like oh hey i can see the writing on the wall you know i can see what direction they're they're headed in here and then i i was also going to say that rob kelly can bitch about snapper car all he wants but according to uh Jarvis and and uh, Rick Jones, he makes the best burgers, so yeah, he's got that going for him. Well, I, I think that was like probably like like Justin said that was his favorite issue, Strange Adventures, where like they they just it, it is kind of like a what if because they like go to the Hydra base, they go to Avengers Mansion, they go to the Justice League satellite, and like it's all different like timelines and tiny whiny stuff, and you know it's different iterations, and like you see different people talking to each other who don't mix necessarily <laughs> you're talking about hellcat justin uh hellcat was talking to i think what's it yellow jacket uh i thought it was like booster gold wasn't it booster gold booster gold no you're right you're right you're right it was somebody yellow that's all i remember it was somebody yellow, booster gold but yeah yeah it was that, that that was like funny funny stuff it was like what you expect from this kind of crossover is something epic and i hate that word nowadays Everything's epic. Oh, dude, this is epic. Oh, dude, this is so epic. I think this was pretty kind of epic, honestly. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean... One of the things I, I always liked was the fact that in issue three, they've been doing the team-up thing so often that, like, they just decide to have, like, the next meet-up, like, a luau thing. I was like, <laughs> that mm -hmm. kind of, like, makes me laugh. They're like, yeah. well, let's do something different this time. Let's have a luau. And you've got, like, everybody kind of standing around, hanging out, and, you know... Wonder Man and Wonder Woman are having their arm wrestling you know, contest. You know what the fucking best is in that luau scene that I just noticed was Sue Dinby's there and she's got her, her lay on and everything and she's looking up at Ralph, you know, getting, you know, because Ollie and, and, and uh, Clint are shooting the arrows and he's got the, you know, straw or whatever the hell they're shooting at in his mouth. But, like, she's got a T-shirt on that says, I love it elongated. <laughs> and then and then i i will say this you know i don't know if this is a fist pump moment for me but it's it's always confirmed my worst thoughts of the avengers it reminds me of throwing uh little girls in front of korvac in in uh in in the korvac saga where they're like no no we, we don't want to fight you korvac here take this little girl instead you know the the typical selfish avenger nonsense where it's like oh look they're real people they they turn into scumbags when the chips are down or whatever and what that reminds me of is 
after after Superman beats up Thor and he's like fucking exhausted. Of course, everybody fucking gangbangs Superman after that. And I'm like, that's a typical of some typical Avengers bullshit. They all fucking team up on a guy when he's fucking fucking beat to hell. Anyway, and 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 there there was no there was no uh, Captain America Superman you know like uh, wh- whatever we're calling it like mind zonkage there that was just straight up Avengers dickery you know right? I- I'm surprised Wonder Man wasn't like I'm as strong as Thor when he was doing that <laughs> that's that's gonna be in like the the special special edition they'll put in another oh man. Well, I guess, you know, maybe that's like in a, you know, that's that's your like reverse apology for Thor getting beaten yeah, down by yeah, Superman yeah, or whatever. It it's like, of see, like, of course, but Superman is. can't handle five other guys going down. I mean, there, there's there's that. And then there's the, the moment where we're at the end of the crossover, even though he could lift the hammer during the moment of need, they, they say, oh, no, you know, Odin's not a fool. Like, th- this is just, you know, the, the enchantment breaks in Do dire needs or whatever and i'm like i'm like well uh you know the superhero showdown days we'd all point to action comics 661 where he like fights with wonder woman and thor the dc version of thor for like a thousand years and thor dies in the the thousand year fight and him and wonder woman survive and superman wields mew mew during that thousand years so that was always the go-to on the superhero showdown boards but I, I also felt like that was a way to walk back, like, I mean, because it's like, dude, man, motherfucker, there's like like 40 people now that can lift fucking Thor's hammer. You know what I mean? Like, like I felt like that was also Busick's way of, like, walking that shit back, too, where it's like, okay, Storm wielded it, but it was because Odin was wise and lifted the fucking enchantment. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's like uh, you know, all these guys that wielded it at random-ass times, like, uh, that was... It was just a one-off, you know. There were twenty one-offs, but you know, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Only those who prove worthy can wield Mjolnir, or if you have five of your punch cards on your blockbuster card. <laughs> and Super- and Superman really needs to return your tapes on time. Superman's all in love with Cap's shield too. He's like, "Oh my God, can I get one of these?" You know. And- yeah, yeah. I like I, I like how Thor has to like you know protect his bros like property. He's like you know enjoy it while you can, Superman. Yeah, because we're taking that shit back when this is done. Like you know, just like my hammer. Yeah, <laughs> I see that. That's why they had to bring back this Silver Age because Silver Age pre-Crisis Superman would have been fuck this shit. I got Supermanium, which is stronger than Admantium. So fuck y'all. I'll make a Supermanium shield. So fuck that shit. Oh, <laughs> that, that's like a that, that would be like a crazy like Silver Age cover where it'd be like Thor, like, like, oh, my God, like Superman's built his own hammer. That's better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> and you could get nails out with it, too. Like, Damn it. Man's like standing on the cover holding his like Superman hammer. And it's like, now we don't need Thor at all. Like, you know. I, I did want to ask you, Justin, being a, a fan of Wonder Woman and also Hercules, Marvel, like, what do you think about, like, Wonder Woman kind of losing her shit, thinking that Marvel or Hercules, like, she went to a blind rage. She was just like, oh, Hercules are bad. <laughs> you know? It it kind of makes sense, but then it also doesn't because, you know, there's that history in the George Perez run of, like, what Hercules did to her mom. But, like, 
I mean, if you read that, like they forgave each other because, mm. you know, Wonder Woman goes to that trial and at the end, like she releases Hercules and he comes out and he meets Hippolyta and they forgive one another. And I know I've seen people today, like they kind of argue against that. They're like, she forgave her rapist. Yeah. And, and that's, it's an interesting discussion to have, but that that's what factually happened. That's what happened in the comic. Like she forgave him and they, I'm not going to say they kissed and made up because that would, I don't know. That would be like Guy Gardner levels of crassness, but like, <laughs> like you see them, you see or, them embrace, you see them embracing and hu hugging each other. So she forgave him. So it's like, okay, I can see her getting mad at seeing a version of Hercules, but then I'm like, well, her mom forgave the dude. I don't know. I guess it's that, that I guess it's that whole, like, I guess it's that whole thing where you're like, okay, it's like someone in your family is hurt. You know, maybe they were married and they got divorced and the divorce was ugly. Maybe they forgave their partner, but you don't because, you know, it's like, well, you still hurt my brother. So I'm going to, I'm not going to forgive you. I don't care if, you know, if they did. So maybe that's why Wonder Woman went into her rage for a minute, but. Yeah. I, I don't have an explanation. It just smells of, you know, first contact nonsense where it's like, <laughs> I will make them pay. And it's like, dude, didn't you didn't you deal with this back in Next Generation series? It's like, I don't care. You know, like it's like, uh, you know, it's like give me uh, a comment on <laughs> like, uh, uh, Monica Rambeau is going to be like, Wonder Woman, did you forget about Ensign Lynch? You know, one of, low key, one of my favorite panels in this whole story is when Krona is like, you know, tearing up Galactus and like everyone's like watching from below. And both Cap and Batman are using their little binoculars to like watch it. And like they both got this like gaping mouth expression at the same time. Like, I, I don't know why. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> oh, damn, world star. <laughs> it's like. Must use my bat binoculars and caps like must use my cap binoculars. Like, you know, sharper image had a good deal. <laughs> you see, the actual reason they were astonished because they could see it through their binoculars. Hellcat was about to make her move and beat the shit out of the Whatever you say, Justin, whatever you say. Well, spe speaking of cat people there's also like you can see in that final battle a cheetah fighting tigra in one scene did you guys like various superhero fusions like rambo getting green lantern powers yeah i thought and... that was that like that made sense i mean i you know we talked about like nostalgia for you know justice league for me like i have a lot of nostalgia for different eras of the avengers you know bomber jacket is obvious but i have a lot of nostalgia for like the 70s avengers when like you had Mantis on the team and you know, Hellcat, of course, but I have a lot of love for that era. I also have a lot of love for the Roger Stern era where you've got like Monica Rambeau leading the team and you've got Namor and Hercules and Black Knight. Like, I really love that era. So seeing, you know, she doesn't have a whole lot to do in this, but like when you see her on page, whether it's at the Luau or, you know, she's like taking on Kyle and she's completely you know she's you know she's figured out a way and she's using his energy i was just like that's so cool like you can see her like i you can see her do something like that i mean i'm of course you can see it on the page but like that's a thing that's a thing that that character would do like 
because she's in tune with her powers and she would figure that shit out. Like, I don't know, I always feel like she's one of those people that kind of like is overshadowed by her replacement, you know, Carol. And I, I don't know, I feel like she shouldn't be. And she's off, I don't know. I mean, I always like that character. I, I don't want to like go down a, a completely different road, but like, She's one of those characters is like, I always liked that character. No one told me I had to like that character or made me feel bad about it. I'm just like, like Monica Rambeau is cool. Like she led the Avengers. She's like super powerful. And I feel like she always gets kind of like put under the rug or like when people talk about like great Avengers leaders, like she isn't brought up that often. I'm just like, dude, like she was great. But yeah, like seeing her take on Kyle and use his powers. I was like, dude, that's so cool. I'm not sure. Is she photon in this? Because Carol is Warbird. So is she still Captain Marvel? Uh, I think I think Genesville was yeah actually Captain Marvel at this time. So I I think she was probably yeah or or whatever name they gave her in place of that. Yeah, I just I just know Carol was Warbird at this point. <laughs> Warbird <laughs> makes me immediately think of Romulans. <laughs> yeah, I, I always thought that too. Beware Romulans, bearing gifts. <laughs> I, I would love to talk more about this. That's where that problem came from. That's why she had that uh, drinking problem. She was drinking too much Romulan ale. <laughs> and wearing a lot of leather. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, like I, I love some of the quips in this. That that is that is one of the things that that's reminded me of that Justin. There's like a lot of like there's there's a lot of ponage here, like you like you said, you know, squad of supreme and stuff. There's like a lot of little jabs that are kind of fun that like just are that, well, Mike, I'm sure you enjoyed it. Green Arrow and Hawkeye. They don't like each other. You mentioned, like, you know, Black Canary in one of the alternate realities pretty much hooking up with Hawkeye. But even after that, they, they don't get along, but they also kind of get along. Yeah, I, I like their whole sniping back and forth at each other. I also like that bit where Hawkeye tries to use the boomerang arrow on Flash, and Flash oh, and is like, nope, yeah. like, yeah. Huh. And then Hawkeye's <laughs> all like, oh, man, it would have worked on the wizard. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know boomerang, guys. <laughs> I, I think one of the best things I liked about this was actually the opening. Now that we've actually kind of covered the ending now, the, the Terminus thing really, like, got me, first of all, and then, like, then the crime syndicate. Like, that's a really good way to start everything off. Because like, it's Starro, yeah. You know, it's like you know, I, I just yeah. sorry that this I am gonna take us down this road, dude. Look at how many Marvel guys had to like punch and kick and beat and do all this shit to Starro, and you're telling me Harley fucking Quinn. Can fucking take out Starro in a stupid movie with a fucking javelin? <laughs> Fuck that shit! Fuck it! <laughs> Fuck it! Look at look at all the people that have to fucking take out Starro in that, and eventually it's Scarlet Witch's chaos magic that makes it freak out and flee in terror. But like fucking Thor and Iron Man and all these guys are like plowing into Starro's eyeball, and it does nothing. Nothing. Sorry. All right. I just want to say that. That's that's it. That's it. I'm done. And, and Terminus was pretty badass too. He was he was giving those guys a rough time. You know. You know how good a, a, a crossover is. I was actually at a pause for a minute because Terminus, I believe, was designed by Jack Kirby. Maybe. 
uh, I think it was John Byrne. It's like a Fantastic Four, but way uh, later. Okay, okay. He doesn't look kind of like a Jack Kirby character, though. I mean, I'm I'm sure it's done, you know, with with Kirby influence, you know, like. Yeah, and I'm used to him doing like New God stuff, so I was like, wait, so there's a DC villain finding a DC, like, team. This doesn't, mm-hmm. and then like it fucking like it was a brain fart. I was like, no, fuck, Terminus is fucking Marvel. What the fuck am I thinking? But that's good. That's like really good. It like makes you like dig in your brain you know you're like oh wait no no i'm wrong no no i i, I see where we're going here obviously i know starro like is like because terminus is like i would say obscure but he's he's not one of the bigger big bads you know yeah but i mean in terms of scale though i think he was he was an excellent choice as like an opening large scale marvel <laughs> guy that that would that would present you know a, a reasonable challenge for the justice league yeah, no, 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 no argument there. Like, yeah, like, like I said, when I remembered like my my correct continuity, I was like, no, yeah, he was he's really powerful. Yeah, he's you know, and, well, that's what I'm saying. That's like a really good start. It's like, and then the crime syndicate just getting wiped out, and it was just like not even a thing. And and they they were fighting the Weaponers of Quard, which I guess in this universe they're maybe good. <laughs> right, right. And you had Mongo fighting the Brood. I I thought that was a cool yeah, image. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was fun. Speaking of offshoots, I would love to see that. Mongol trying to, like, fight off the fucking brood, like, fucking empire. Like, so many, like, great ideas in this. And, like, we obviously don't have to say this, but I will because you should. Fucking George Perez is a fucking maniac. Oh, yeah, yeah. The art art in this is fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, like... I can't remember if it was you or Mike who said this, but like, there's only one person who could have done this as far as art wise. Yeah. Oh, oh, that 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 brings up a good point too. Going back to all these fucking keep the trains running on time, fucking lunatics. That this goes back to this, Justin. I was looking at it, and I don't, I don't honestly remember this, but the first issue came out, I think, in like September. This or here i don't i don't know i don't have it pulled up but it was like it was like 2023 so i think it was like september october november and then it went on pause like and it was delayed for a few months and the reason why it finishes in 2024 is i think the final issue comes out in march of 2004 so can you like in other words if they if they were so hell bent on keeping the trains running on time, can you imagine if they had like changed the artist for the you know what I mean? Like like mm, that yeah. would have been fucking terrible. And now, twenty years later, we're celebrating it. Who gives a rat's fuck that it was delayed for three months or four months or whatever it is? Like who cares? We're just happy that we have this wonderfully consistent, you know, excellently drawn four issue. 80 pages every issue you know whatever it is you know saga that's just you know massive so no you're right i mean that that's the conversation we had concerning doomsday clock where i'm just like how long can this be oh yeah yeah, late i mean you were right you're like dude three years from now you'll reread it and you'll be like man you're gonna yeah you're just gonna be glad that it's the same that it's the same dude you know yep 
and you were right. But at the time, I was just so frustrated. I was like, because this thing had been delayed for so long. I was like, holy shit, when is this thing gonna end? Well, th that's what cracked me up. Is I, 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 you know, I barely remember. I was like, this, this was delayed. I go, I don't remember that. I mean, I remember shit like the fucking ultimates and and all kind. I mean, th that I remember every week. People would walk in and be like, is the new ultimates out yet? No. Is the new Danger Girl out yet? No. <laughs> Is the new Ultimates out yet? No, I was like, that was like every motherfucking week. Like that, I remember. This, it was like, what, a couple months? Like, I, I barely remember it. Like, you know, it, it wasn't even a blip, you know? Well, I mean, especially like with the last issue, like, I mean, I, I, I dare any modern artist to try to replicate <laughs> that last fucking issue in, in like in a short amount of time. I'm sure there's very talented artists who could do it, but yeah, do it in like like you know in the inside of a year. I highly doubt it. I highly doubt it. Like George Perez has always been known as the king of like just full pages of different characters and just putting as much shit in there, but everything like works. Nothing yeah. is yeah, nothing is cluttered cluttered up. You don't like you're not like what's going on. You're like everything makes sense. Yeah, it would have to be like, you know, Phil Jimenez or someone who like, you know, based their whole like style off George Perez to yeah. even attempt this, I think. I, I have a weird question. You know that that double page splash where they start looking, you, you, you know what, you know how Justin referred to some of those pages as the trauma page. But I mean, like sort of the kickoff to the trauma page, which was like the the double page splash, you know, that has like Proctor and Cersei in the bomber jacket. And it's, it goes in a circular motion and you see like all these little panels of things and everything. I mean, there's, there's so much stuff to talk about in that. I mean, for me, I'll just say for whatever reason, you know, birds of prey eight meant a lot to me and seeing Nightwing kiss, you know, Oracle or whatever, like that sort of tickled me, but like, there's so many things in that. And I guess my question would be, did did this like inspire you to like w like basically I, I know some people are like oh comics are so complicated I don't understand anything I don't get anything blah 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 and my argument's always been well you're not supposed to like if you if you want to learn about something like go find out about it go read it like go look up the back issues go get a trade go do this and that and so I guess my question would be like because you know Mike was even saying oh he you know he went back and read certain eras of Avengers and finally caught up to this. And I was just curious, like, did this inspire anyone to like read anything that they weren't already familiar with or, or, or just, you know, something where they're like, Oh, Hey, what's that? And, and made you look into something, you know, like, cause here, like, I mean, I, I feel like it's worth pointing out that this page in particular, since we have our, our sister show, you know, justice, not entirely dissimilar to lightning a thunderbolts podcast that that team of thunderbolts is on the page just like the new teen titans and the jsa of the era like like so in in some ways i feel like even though it leads into the quote unquote trauma page and even you know who knows this might even apply to the quote unquote trauma page but like i almost saw this as like hey if you enjoyed reading this and you're not a marvel guy or you enjoyed reading this and you're not a DC guy, maybe you would like 
one of you know like maybe you would like to check out one of these you know or something i don't know like like it's like some kind of backdoor advertising you know like like you know how they like you know sometimes with events they're like oh you know sometimes they're they they spin off into other series and everything or whatever but it's like you know sometimes you can read events and go oh shit like i don't know about that i want to go you know like i i for me i think like final crisis even though I wasn't a huge fan of it. Like one thing I'll always be thankful for is it made me go back and read Anthro. And I had never read Anthro, you know, even when he was in the original crisis, I was just, Oh, he's some cave boy and whatever. Right. But final crisis made me like super curious about it. And it was like the, you know, it was only like seven issues and I just thought it was a really fun book. So it was like, I don't know, like things like that. I, you know, I'm always glad about. So I was just curious, like, cause even in this, like there's that, that funny panel of like the old heroes reborn, you know, Marvel shit. Like if you, if you see like Cap's got his little Rob Liefeld, like Eagle or whatever, instead of the A on his forehead, you know? So there's like all kinds of, like nods to things in this and you know who knows maybe it would inspire people to check something out i think when this came out i had either read most of that or was at least familiar with it knew what it was i do remember looking at everything i mean i didn't read all of dc 1 million but i was like okay that's the dc 1 million justice league team or whatever they're called so you know i read the jla tie-in issue of that but i hadn't read that whole event yet but i remember you know, looking at both of those pages and being like, okay, you know, here's the Masters of Evil. They've got Jarvis tied up. I know that. You know, here's the Teen Titans. I haven't read a whole lot of that Perez Wolfman run, but I, you know, familiar with it. And yeah, I think I was familiar with or had read most of everything on that page at that, you know, at that time in 2003. I mean, I guess like even though it was not as devastating, I guess. I mean, in some ways it was, but just like how it was portrayed was not as bad as some of the others. It might be fun to go back to that era of Cap where he was armor Cap, where he was also werewolf Cap. Fighting <laughs> chance. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Jack Flag and all that stuff. Because I do like Jack Flag and Guardians of the Galaxy, so like that might just be a fun read. You know, like I was not, I don't, I've, I've never really been a solid Captain America reader. I like the character. I do enjoy him, but like, you know, maybe that'd be a fun way to start, you know, and like start with like some of the more questionable stuff. <laughs> I mean, I mean, certainly Mark Grenwald had run out of steam by that point, but I mean, there, there is a certain charm about it. You know what I mean? Like there's there, if you, if you, if you sort of put on your nineties goggles and just kind of go, Oh, this is, you know, not supposed to be like super duper serious and you know it's all the kind of big muscle dave hoover art and and all that kooky stuff you know with with jack flag and 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 uh I, i'm trying to think of the, the chick's name now i can't even think of her name but she also was dolled up with like you know american flag colors or whatever but yeah oh not no what liberty bell was it no 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 that's dc it, it's it, yeah it was it, it was kind of like jack flag's girlfriend but i i don't remember what her name was now yeah oh yeah uh, yeah i probably know the name if he said it but i can't put on my brain but no yeah well, yeah I, i'm aware of it but i've not read it so i just read all of it 
No, I, I think I just, you know, I don't know if this inspired me to read anything else, but I had read, like, I went back and, like, this is part of a, like, catch up on all of Busick's stuff that I missed, like, read through. And then I, I think probably not shortly, either before or after this, I probably read some of Morrison's JLA, but, you know, okay. yeah, I don't think it was any directly inspired by this. Okay. Maybe Flash, maybe? I don't know. You read a good bit of the Flash, there, right? Right, didn't you? No. Oh, Buzet's run on Buzet. I say Buzet, but like he did a good job on Flash. He did Flash, right? I'm not wrong, right? Uh, I don't remember him doing Flash. He, like Mark, Mark Wade did Flash. It might have been Mark Wade, damn God, my my fucking old man brain doesn't work anymore. Yeah, that was a good run. That was Mark Wade, though. Ugh, jeez. I'm gonna go get a CAT scan tomorrow. <laughs> so do we think, are, are we good? Do we have any other summations, any other notes, final thoughts, anything yeah. else? No, I think, you know, like I said, I think I said what I needed to say. Like, I, I reread this probably almost yearly. So, I mean, I mean, that's a testament to, you know, there's a, probably like maybe a dozen things I reread like yearly, but this is one of them. So, I mean, that's probably a testament to how much I enjoy it. So. I'm, I'm just happy you gave me the opportunity to reread it. And I'm, I, I was, I was happy that I could, I actually pulled out my my absolute edition to read it and and you know page through everything so that was kind of fun you know I hadn't done that in a long time and it's certainly something that's that's worthy of that format you know so it's and it's a fun way to to read it and revisit it and everything and then I kind of got the Mormon fuzzies because I saw the the George Perez signature on that copy of it and everything so I was I was happy to to you know again you know this is a fun story for me, but then it also has some, at least that, that copy of it has some sentimental attachment as well. You know, I was, I was joking with you guys off air that my review of this would be the usual. I liked it. It was good, but, um, <laughs> I don't like this. Like, I love this. Like, that's how much that's like, that's the, uh, is it, is it, I loved it. It was great. Is that, yeah, is that I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Like that's how much nice. I enjoy this. Nice. Nice. All right, I, I think we've we've uh, we've come to a summation here. So if you guys have any comments, questions, and/or concerns, if your name is Brian Breakdown and you think this is terrible, can you email us or message me back at fanholspodcast at gmail .com and explain why? Because maybe we don't he understand. needs the cat scan. Yeah, I know. Maybe he needs the cat scan. Uh, email us at fanholspodcast at gmail .com. And we can be found over on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com if you want to direct download any of our podcast episodes. If you want to catch up on the 100, now the 100 episodes of comics, motherfucker, do you read them? You can go over to the blogspot and direct download them. But we can also be found on all kinds of social media or on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We appreciate all the likes, hearts, shares, and retweets that we receive. And we're also on streaming. So you can find us over on Apple Podcasts. We can be streamed on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Spotify, and Amazon Music. So until the next time, this is Derek, Derek WC, signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and maybe Brian's just backward. 
<laughs> this is Justin. Let the battle be joined. E now. Um, you know, I, I, you know, I guess I'll just be like Metron with Brian and be like, I'll just see how this plays out. Boom. <laughs> do a good boob tomb like sound effect unfortunately boom but i think that oh. the, the sound <laughs> it makes on young justice is what i think of it goes like boom or something yeah, yeah. i always think of the one on superman and the new like superman adventures yeah. <laughs> oh yeah like Oh yeah, Mike. Like the Derek didn't tell you about that, did he? What? Why? Why? Why we're, we're we're like why he was specifically throwing a little bit of fun shade at him? Oh, you know, I saw that on Facebook. He was like, "Yeah, hey, oh. what do you call you?" I was like, "Really? You didn't like it? Okay, whatever. I guess you're just Brian being Brian." Brian was just trolling my ass, I think. But whatever. You read it, <laughs> like, yeah, I liked it. I read it and I liked it. I kissed a girl and I liked it. <laughs> Your tongue, even. Your tongue. <laughs> this crossover is a tongue worthy story. <laughs>